And now, our feature presentation. The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, learn to love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, listen up. Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWE back into the spotlight. I was thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Let's get ready to rumble! the greatest wrestling program in the world ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention stop what you're doing and listen it's the alliance guys podcast with your hosts kevin frazier dkm and jcap so we want to talk about ring of honor and with everything that's happened recently uh in the ring of honor i feel like the alliance guys and this is the first time that all four Alliance guys have been on at one time. This is earth-shaking, groundbreaking. We're going to talk about what's going on with Ring of Honor. And first and foremost, if you guys haven't heard the announcement, uh, essentially what is happening is that the Ring of Honor has announced to its talent that everyone is now free to work anywhere without restriction. And that if they need to get out of their contracts... The, uh, the management is willing to work with them to get them out of their contract. The other caveat to that is no contracts will be renewed uh, at the end of the year, which is typically when they sign their talents. And that the last the last show of the year will be the final battle, after, aptly uh, titled. And then after that show, the entire uh, promotion will be on hiatus, uh, reruns will air on the uh, Sinclair channels that it currently airs on, and they plan to come back sometime in April with a new reimagined, reinvented uh, Ring of Honor. Um, I know that DK and I, and 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 really all four of us have been talking about this, so we want to talk about it with you guys. And first and foremost, Jaden is somebody in the New Jersey wrestling scene, somebody close to Ring of Honor and, and the work that you do with Dr. Lawrence Arconium and Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. Some of the talent that are, that's appearing on your guys' show on Saturday uh, are, are going to be affected by this. And, and could you tell us from your perspective as working closely with a wrestling promotion like Dog, what does this mean for those folks in those wrestling promotions? And what does it mean for somebody like you who promotes wrestling well i'm not really the promoter i'm more of the uh hands-on guy but Sorry. i'm the guy who's been in the business so i know a lot of the wrestlers you know personally um and there's a there is some there's at least three that i can think of wrestlers from ring of honor that are going to be on this next dog event on saturday which is not tomorrow um <laughs> and i i guess i'll see them there and ask them their perspective you know from there uh, the only thing I'm not sure you are 100% correct from, I don't think it's exactly reruns are going to be showing. I have a feeling they have a lot of matches in the vault that they're going to be mixing in with some classic matches from like pay-per-views and big shows and stuff like that. And um, I understand the office is still intact. It's still a company. And from what I've gathered around, there's not going to be anybody wrestling for Ring of Honor exclusively. 
They're going to do a set of tapings and have whatever independent talent just happens to be available. And from what I understand, it looked like they might be working with um, some other companies too. Maybe the NWA, maybe Impact Wrestling, maybe AEW. I doubt MLW because they seem to be an island on their own. But, you know, that's good. Maybe you're going to start seeing these talents branch out else places, other places elsewhere. Um, I heard already there's a large contingent that has recently signed with AEW in a big rumor. Uh, Uncle Dave uh, apparently put that out there. Uh, but um, I guess it's good for wrestling and bad for the wrestlers. I kind of am a, in the mind that when it comes to the major league companies, uh, there should be less of them because they're splitting. They're, there's not enough talent or watering down rosters having less and less good talent on all these different rosters. The NWA is currently going through it right now, in my opinion. There's not enough good talent out there to be able to sustain all that. So they, they may find some zirconium in the rough, as Dr. Zirconium would say. But, you know, there's there's not enough. That's why we have the Tyruses and the Mike Knoxes and the uh, Molinas and whatever the cast-off and, and used-to-be's are still out there. Maybe now we'll see, like, O'Shea Edwards. O'Shea Edwards is amazing. If you don't know him, look him up. And he, I think he'll be great for the NWA. I would love to see him maybe uh, challenge for one of the championships. Joe Keyes, who's on this next dog event. Very, very, very talented. Um, Eric Martin, Glassboro's own. Very, very, very talented. Brian Johnson, uh, he should be somewhere. Great promo, good wrestler. Uh, there's a lot of talent out there that now that the NWA and MLW and Ring of Honor and everybody else can, I mean, not Ring of Honor, uh, Impact can really take advantage of and maybe strengthen their rosters. You know, Kevin... I- Oh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry, DK. You go right ahead. Yeah, they are doing their TV tapings that are, were scheduled with the pay-per-view. Okay. And so they have... So they'll have a series of TV tapings that'll take them so far, and then they'll do a mix of... of uh, stuff from the vault is what it sounds like to get them to get them through to the next time they do a show and here's the actual announcement just in case so people can hear how it's actually worded throughout the pandemic our top priority was to keep everyone healthy and safe and despite not producing any live events over 18 months we were able to keep everyone fully contracted We now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our business operations and are planning a pivot for Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. The year will uh, accumulate with the final battle in December and we'll be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work internally to reimagine ROH. ROH has as the most dedicated fans in the industry, and we appreciate well, actually, does, uh, appreciate their loyalty and patience as we reconceptualize ROH. We anticipate returning to live events in April for the Supercard of Honor with a new fan-focused product and provide a unique experience for a wrestling fan. And one thing I want to say, I, I listened to an interview that uh, Pro Wrestling Insider on their elite side did 
and it was with Joe Coff, and he makes it sound like there are no changes in the front office. Hunter Johnson's going to continue to be the booker. Uh, doesn't sound like any executives are there. That basically they've gone 18 months without making money, and now they got to do something. And so, you know, I I would be careful listening to anybody be it Meltzer or even some of these websites I think they're looking at lots of things even some of the credible websites excuse me because I think they're looking at lots of things I don't think anything's locked in yet you know I think it's kind of foolish to go oh well these are the plans when they're taking three months off to try and figure stuff out so that's going to be my one caution Hey, every rumor that's out there now may come true. But if you listen to the Joe Coffin, you you can tell that, uh, that, you know, he wants things to only change as much as they need to. Now, Kevin, out of the four of us, you've most recently competed inside of a ring you you know what the in, in and outs of being a pro wrestler are I, I know this is a scary time for wrestling for wrestlers who recently have lost their jobs but what what does this mean to you what what do you think about this i i really think it's it's and y'all saw my message in the uh the chat but i really think a lot of it is what well, well, part of the, what I'm calling the AEW effect. Um, you're starting to see a vacuum happen where the majority of, again, the money is starting to flow towards two major companies, which is not a bad thing. It's better than one. But the reality is, is that the type of production, the type of money that it takes to run a legitimately large professional wrestling organization um, given the times that we're in, um, there's only so much to go around. I know that sounds like somewhat kind of like, uh, what would you say? Like, I'm not trying to be negative about that. I just think that there, there really is only so much money that is there and so many decent TV spots that are there that are going to keep a product that is not performing in front of crowds is not really, you know, I, I tried to watch one of their shows a few, a couple months ago and it was bad. Um, so again, I think one of the, the harsh realities is, is that the on-air product is really not that great right now. That doesn't mean that there's not talent in there. There's talent in the NWA. We complain all the time about the way the talent's being used, but it's not, that doesn't mean that, that there's not talent in the company. Um, but if I'm Ring of Honor, um, man, I think the first place they should have started, they should have started with the executives. Um, that should have been a place they really did think about it and really think about the booker. I don't know any of these people, but, um, so again, I don't have the horse in the race. Maybe all of them are great people. I don't really know. That's not, the, that's not how business works. Um, it's not about how cool you are. It's about how good you are at your job. And, uh, you know, my mom, believe it or not, is a ring of honor fan. <laughs> um, and even her, you know, she hasn't talked about ring of honor in over a year. 
And so again, I think a little bit of it is, is the AEW effect is that a lot of the wrestlers that probably would be on the main event of Ring of Honor that might be drawing a lot of interest on Ring of Honor are now wrestling on AEW. Um, and so again, you're looking out of that, you know, you're seeing the largest company pulling a lot of the excess talent to it. And again, I think that's part of the play. Um, that, that's part of what they're trying to do. And, and again, they're not going to come out there and say, hey, we're trying to bankrupt all the indies uh, and become the next big thing. But the reality is, is that they are and they want to become the next big thing. And that's just part of what they're trying to do is they're doing everything they can to compete. And I think it's really hurting uh, companies like uh, ROH. Uh, and again, there's probably more. This is probably not one thing. It's probably a big combination of things. But um, also think you know yeah it's a shame i mean shane taylor is a friend of mine and um he's got a lot of momentum going with ring of honor right now but i think a lot of these guys will land uh land fine because i don't think they were necessarily um making a ton of money uh for ring of honor and so it's not like the the indies won't provide them the opportunity to keep making their money and the truth is is that you know if you're an independent wrestler and you're not making over six figures a year doing your job you need to have a side hustle anyway because uh, you got to pay the bills well and and the thing that i the thing that keeps going back to me is like how easily could this have been the national wrestling alliance you know we talk about the nwa this is our this is our bread and butter but similarly they went through the global pandemic and they went through this pandemic with the inability to create new content we saw how terrible Carnyland was. They they had the inability to, to draw an audience. Um, their Patreon what helped support the show for the promotion for a bit. Uh, eventually, did not work out. Um, and it's very like they had high end contracts too. I mean, they had Eli Drake, they had James Storm, they had uh, Nick Aldis, they have a couple of other guys on the roster currently. And this could have very easily have been the NWA. The the NWA decided to take a knee and not promote any events during this time. Ring of Honor continued to provide work for their talents, but without an, a live audience. And I, you can't... They did go through a period where they were shut down completely. Right. As everyone was. Right. I mean, so, I mean, they did go through a period where they were shut down completely. But... Look, I, you look at two promotions that, quote-unquote, did everything right for the pandemic era. You know, WWE took a lot of criticism for releasing people and record profits and all that stuff. But, you know, New Japan, they weren't running shows, but they were still paying their contracts. Uh, Ring of Honor was kind of the same thing. And then Unlike other places that did bring fans back, Ring of Honor never, I mean, I think they did for a pay-per-view, but outside of that, you know, they didn't bring fans back at all. And, you know, uh, both those companies have been suffering and have been having a hard time financially. And, you know, I'm not trying to make a moral statement out of it one way or another, but ultimately you got to make money and uh, I think we still see what happens when you don't 
I'm sorry to interrupt, but I did want to say a few other things too, because um, when we look at the direction that Ring of Honor was heading prior to the pandemic, there was a lot of excitement because of some front office changes. And I know, like, look, we shouldn't bring up the boogeyman's name, but Marty Skrull was set to be the head booker of Ring of Honor. They put him in that position. They they took uh, Delirious out of that spot. And it was supposed to be Marty Skrull guiding that ship going forward. And there was a lot of excitement about that. And a lot of people were happy about that. Uh, of course, that didn't pan out. And it's probably for the best that it didn't because of all the allegations that came out later with Marty Skrull. Um, but that, I mean, they were, they showed you in 2019 that they weren't satisfied with what they were getting in terms of the storytelling that they were doing. And they made changes only to go right back to Delirious once Marty uh, was no longer a part of the company. To me, that's a little bit telling too, that they went right back to Delirious. And, and I'm not trying to badmouth Delirious. I don't really know the guy. Um, I don't know what angles he's booked and what he hasn't booked, but apparently they they well, tried to make a change in the in that direction. I know Delirious. Delir- know Delirious has been Delirious has been in charge since Adam Pierce left. So all the success that they had after Adam Pierce left, and they had quite a bit. That was Hunter Johnson, Delirious, whatever you want to call him. And so you know, like a lot of people, and in Joe Cobb. I don't remember his exact comment in the interview, but he kind of admits that ROH blew it in allowing the creation of AEW. And he almost sounded like that could have been their opportunity. And I, I again, I don't remember his exact words, but the impression I got was that he was saying that they blew it, that that could have been their opportunity. And that was probably their high point. And then when Cody and all that talent left, boy, things things got bad. Now, when they came back and they were doing the Pure Tournament, the Pure Tournament worked well in the empty arena. Right. But when they started going back to wrestling, wrestling, you'll notice they would still do a lot of Pure matches your tag team matches, whatever. But when they started going back to trying to do the storylines and interference and people coming down and beating each other up and everything like that, that doesn't work in an empty arena. No. Because you don't uh, have a crowd there getting into it. Jaden, you look like you want to say something. Yeah, um, I've been watching Ring of Honor and it's a lo- it's on local television. It took a while to find on Philly stations because even though they were based out of Philly for a while, they, they didn't have a, a station that had Ring of Honor on there. But I remember when they had a crowd, and this crowd was so quiet for most of the time anyway, unless they were trying to put themselves over. It really didn't seem that much of a difference in the empty arena. They just, um, uh, it's they got good wrestling, but the Philly crowd especially, and the, the Ring of Honor crowd, they're very. Uh, how do I put this? They're very not exciting. <laughs> they don't really get super into it unless it was Danhausen. Uh, <laughs> It, and they seem so often those type of crowds they care more about putting themselves over or, or getting excited about what they're doing than what's going on inside the ring. That's so I, I guess I really didn't notice that much of a difference with the the silent crowd. Um, the commentary I think was a little bit different because it was a lot more hushed in the silent buildings. There were more like a gulf 
uh, golf commentators instead of wrestling commentators was too quiet. But the actual fans, there again, there wasn't that much difference. Hey, I want to get to some of the comments in the chat because we've been missing on some of them. But uh, we are an interactive program. We love our fans. But Jody point Jody points out this may this may be sound hard, but as soon as AEW formed, ROH feels feel seems already to have served its purpose and lost its meaning. And I think that was a little bit what Kevin was getting into. Uh, what would Lucas do? Agrees with Dodie. Uh, James says ROH paid everyone, even the per match guys, during all of this. Uh, Dave Scooby been to a few ROH events in Philly, and they only had about three to four hundred in attendance, while MLW and Battleground had eight hundred to one thousand at each of their events. I'm unfamiliar with Battleground. Uh, Jody Carnyland dead, more because of Lagana's departure, which is probably true, but. It, sucked all the same. <laughs> True. Uh, James, I went to many ROH shows. One of my favorite films, one of my favorites was the Boiling Point pay-per-view here at Rhode Island back in 2012. Kevin Steen was on the card. Uh, Doty, ROH. Glorious work with New Japan Pro Wrestling during 2016, but also feels that hurt ROH in the long run. Their guys mostly lost from mostly lost I think from the New Japan guys and when New Japan leaves then you know they're left with the losers uh, James they hadn't they had the elite on their payroll and allowed them to leave by lowballing their contract renewals Bully Ray said not that I trust Bully Ray but I wouldn't be surprised be careful uh, mentioning Bully Ray somebody might get mad at you and uh, and, and, and snitch to you on, on Twitter or something like that I don't care <laughs> I was never a Bully Ray fan. I was never a Dudley fan. I'm sorry, people. But that may be sacrilege or whatever. But I never got the Dudleys and never liked them. Uh, Terry says, very vanilla. I guess we're talking about probably ROH Stan. Uh, uh, style. And another reason why interpromotional work with New Japan or generally a promotion much bigger than yours, probably not always a good idea. And I think, you know, I'm going to segue that into the Impact thing really recently. Impact AEW uh, partnership, working agreement, open forbidden door, whatever you want to call it, uh, supposedly ended at the last pay-per-view. And it was noted that the Good Brothers weren't on Dynamite Wednesday. And, you know... There's a podcast out there that made it sound like, you know, well, it helped impact some. You know, it helped impact some. They left a lot of stuff on the table. Impact had some of its lowest ratings during the time frame. They got the initial pop with Kenny. And then after that, their ratings plummeted. And they went through some of their lowest ratings that they ever had. And look, that was, that was, that was never about helping impact. That was about uh, AEW being able to get Kenny Omega over by giving him another world title and then let them use the Good Brothers. That, that was all that was ever about. So all you people that keep talking about partnerships, no. They aren't for the good of everybody. 
Well, there's a difference between a partnership and basically like we're the A team, you're the B team, and let's get that established. And that's what AEW. But I mean, that, let's just. I mean, that the they were establishing NWA, that they were the bigger company. The reason the NWA ended the relationship with ROH the first time was because they basically realized that they weren't helping the NWA at all. And it was that ROH is for the A team, you're the B team, and you know, we're doing this to our advantage, not to help you. And, you know, hey, look what happened. So, and then I also want to bring up real quick, let you guys get in there. They're not the only ones that are revamping themselves. MLW has basically said, uh, we're not doing the long three, four hour burnout the crowd shows any. No. Where they, I guess they had 15 matches on one show. That's that's a bit much. I mean, that, that was much even back in the Crockett era days, you know, before TV. And, you know, in Texas, man, if you had five cards on a, five matches on a card, you had a normal card. You know, it was only super cards that you got up into the seven or eight, you know, nine, nine match uh, uh, cards. But, uh, you know, they cut three people who aren't anybody of notoriety or anything like that. And they'll probably cut some more along the same lines. People who probably aren't, you know, big. But, you know, Kurt Bauer has said, you know, we're not doing these large shows anymore we're not doing these large tapings anymore and you know if that means fewer people get on the show or you know or book then so be it so you know people are now having to pay the consequence of the pandemic yeah that's part of it too and so and I you know they're saying we have to make money which has always been Billy's uh, idea from the start, yeah. sometimes to his detriment. Sometimes to his detriment. But, uh, yeah, this is why you always got to be careful. We'll go, well, he's a millionaire. Yeah, you know why people are millionaires? They don't waste their money. One thing I want to, I, I do want to talk about too is there. I mean, I, I was looking at the list of names who are currently involved in Ring of Honor. Some of them are, le- are more recent than others, but I mean, there are 54 names of active roster talents on their card, and that's not including guys that have showed up like Homicide or Chris Dickinson. I mean, that's talking about guys that have been there for a while. So. Uh, just, you know, I'm not going to go through every name, but names that stand out to me, like Angelina Love, Bandito, Bateman, the Beer City Bruiser, Brody King, uh, Brian Johnson, Dax Draper, Dalton Castle, Delirious, Dragon Lee, EC3, Flamita, Flip Gordon, the Briscoe Brothers, Jay Lethal, Jonathan Gresham, Kenny King, Mandy Leon, uh, Maria and Michael Bennett, uh, Mark Hos- Haskins, Matt Taven, uh, Miranda Elise, PJ Black, PCO, Ray Oris, Rhett Titus, Rush, one of my favorite, Sessions Moth Martina, Sumi Sakai, Slex, Silas Young, Shane Taylor, 
um, Tracy Williams. I mean, there that's that's not that's not nothing, you know. That's that's a pretty solid roster. And when you talk about those folks are going to be injected into free agency, and a lot of these guys, I mean, it's going to be great for them. Somebody like Dragon Lee. I mean, besides working dates for the Mexican Lucha Libre promotions, uh, he'll probably land a lot of dates with Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. I, I think I saw that Bandito's already got dates with Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, some of these guys will get drafted to AEW. They will get signed. Uh, a guy like Brody King, I think, ends up in AEW. But some of these guys, this is it for them. There is no like landing point for them. Uh, no, no disrespect intended, but world famous cheeseburger isn't going to get a spot in the NWA. Not going to land on his feet with the WWE. You know, this is it. So, I mean, it is kind of a sad day when it comes to that, but it's also we have to look at it as, uh, you know, the business could only support itself for so long. Ring of Honor did the commendable thing by allowing its talents to to still receive paychecks and continue to receive paychecks. Uh, during this global pandemic, but you know, it's to their own detriment that it, it caused this whole thing to kind of fall apart. And what makes this a really bad time, and I kind of like to get Kevin Jaden's ideas on this, is this comes after they've revamped NXT. Yeah. To where, you know, before NXT would snap up a lot of these talents, but not right now. For you know, they've rebranded. They basically have stated they're not interested in finding uh, indie people, especially older indie people. And, you know, they want to build their, their people from the scratch. And they're, they've they got the Vince McMahon, uh, Billy Corgan thing. They like big guys, you know, well-built guys. And so... And then, you know, we can even transition this in with talk about the NWA and who would bring in. Jay and I were talking. Jay was saying, oh, you know, somebody like Mike Bennett or I can't remember who the other guy was off the top of my head. Mike, Mike Bennett was the first guy I thought of. Uh, Brody King was the second guy I thought he, of. You mentioned a third one because what I remember about him is he, maybe it was Gresham. I just, oh, I remember the two. What? EC3. EC3. And I pointed out that EC3 and uh, now I forgot who I said. Uh, oh, Bennett. Uh, EC3 and Bennett are both small guys, and I don't know. You know, they're not in the typical Billy Bolt, and so I don't know how much interest the NWA would actually have in them. And so I don't know. Uh, I guess I'll start with. Uh, Jaden, you know, what are your thoughts on the fact that, you know, there's fewer places because even NXT isn't snapping people up anymore. And it not sucks. all these guys fit what is wanted out there right now. It sucks for the wrestlers. It really, really does. Again, I know a lot of the wrestlers who work for Ring of Honor, very nice guys. Some of them are assholes, but most of them are really nice guys. Um, and they deserve better. But again, I'm, a, I'm at the thing now where. AEW is like the WWF of the 80s. They're picking talent off from everybody now. 
They're taking talent from the WWE. They're taking talent from Ring of Honor. Taking talent from Impact. They're just that's the new territory system, I guess. And these these territories just aren't able to survive now with that situation. Um, as for the friend WA, where only friends wrestle for uh, Billy Corgan, they should really pick up a lot of this other talent because there's some big guys in Ring of Honor too. And there's and, and honestly, EC3, he's no smaller than Eli Drake was. He's about the same size. But they can they can have some really good talented wrestlers to get rid of some of these old dinosaurs and cast off some used to be's that they're using now. Maybe get some fresh talent, make the company seem exciting. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I think I think EC three is is I really feel like WWE kind of missed on him a little bit. To be honest, I felt like he he's kind of a great. Um, fit for them, but my guess, I'm just gonna guess this, that he might be a locker room issue more than anything. Um, and again, that may not be something that shows itself in, uh, maybe not shows itself in the literal locker room, but it might show itself in terms of uh, how easy he is for promoters to work with. Um, and so again, I think he's a top talent and he's great. Uh, I think he'd be a great pickup for anybody. Uh, and I feel the same way about Bennett. I think, again, both of these guys are like, you know, prototypical type heavyweight uh, wrestlers. I know they're not huge, but, you know, he's there's a lot of guys right now having success in the NWA that aren't huge. Uh, you know, La Rebellion, these first ones that come to mind, the Pope. Um, the entertainment value is there, especially when you talk about EC3 cutting promo. He's really good on the microphone. Um, so, again, I, I, I think there's opportunity but again i i think it did somebody say the friend wa is that what they said yeah, yeah. i said the friend wa that's the, what our yeah. new name i just coined that make sure it's on a t-shirt jay yeah i i think that's actually the the what's gonna what's gonna ultimately be the issue why it, and like i go back to with the nwa I, I mean this is like billy's like weekend plaything. it's not I, I i that's why he doesn't want to spend too much money on it um and I think ultimately he really doesn't care uh, what anybody thinks because if he did, the show would be different. But uh, I would like to see some of this talent end up in the NWA, and I think some of it will. Uh, but I still think they're going to have their core group of, of wrestlers that they're going to continue to push, which some of them I really like. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But I would like to see an influx of some of this talent. But, but ultimately, like, I know it sucks. Um, I know a lot of people are getting to live their dream right now and um, that sort of thing. And, and this is probably the end of the road for them. Uh, but, you know, that's also part of part of of it's part of the deal, man. I mean, if you're a fringe talent and you really don't have what it takes to go past a certain level, you know, I can speak I can speak from this personally. Um, you know, when you get to a certain point, that's the high, that's as high as you're gonna get. And you know what? Enjoy it. Enjoy what you had. Um, take the take the bookings while your name's still there. And uh, I think the indies are gonna survive because I think that that's actually um, one area that is not necessarily threatened as much by AEW. So again, I think that um, you know, I, I think that this will this will actually ultimately work out for the indies, especially for the the indies that are local to some of these guys that may may actually reside in those areas i think the top guys will all end up at a bigger company i think the mid to lower tier guys will just 
help bolster some of the independent rosters in that area, which is not a bad thing at all. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Jaden won't find that. Oh yeah, I'm sure Doctor Zirconium. I mean, he's already talking talked to a few of them. It's funny how when um, when they were working for Ring of Honor and he contacted a couple of them, they uh, weren't seeming very interested. But now. That's because there's an event coming up this Saturday, which is not tomorrow. Uh, there seems to be a lot of them seem to be texting Dr. Zirconium right now and looking for work. And there's some real talented guys out there. Another good one who I think would also, I think, should possibly be in the NWA because he had a cup of tea with him in the past. Rhett Titus, another really good high-quality wrestler. And he can make it anywhere. Um, I, I, I know for a fact he's worked for Dog multiple times in the past. He'll probably be back there soon. And that makes Dog better. That makes all the indies around this area much better and some of these guys come from other parts of the country that'll make that that part of the world better that part of the country better um it'll trickle down and it'll you'll see the big companies get better it's again it sucks immediately but for the long run it might be best for the business you know the end i'm sorry i'm just gonna throw one quick thing you're not gonna get a whole lot of like cry two tears in a bucket uh, from a guy who did most of his career with one major company out there that was really paying wrestlers, and now you've got four or five. Um, yeah, you know what, guys? Like, you had it good. Uh, if you're complaining right now, then honestly, you have no perspective or no sense of history. Uh, if I were the NWA, I actually, I mean, I look at some of the guys. Especially if some of the rumors are true about them maybe looking at, you know, some stuff for some small, smaller gentlemen out there in the business. But I would probably look more at the women to kind of fill in. I mean, if you have Mickey James and they're putting together some women's shows and they're putting together some stuff, I mean, uh, you know, we all know what happened with uh, Kylie Ray. She's she, she may not be cut out for the business. I actually, I've actually enjoyed her, but what do you mean? Uh, Kylie Ray's had she's basically gone back on hiatus because of her anxieties and stuff like that. She's pulled off of shows and all that. So it's not the first time, you know. She I don't remember who she left actually. Maybe it was ROH or Impact under a similar thing not long ago when she came back she kind of came back from the nwa a and some of the other independent promotions and we said then that you know that might be better for her because it's not uh you know one of the advantages of only taping a few times (laughs) over the course of several months might work for her better but apparently it hasn't but and look a some you know, I'll put this out there. I suffer from anxiety. I take medication for my anxiety. And if, you know, public service announcements, if you have issues like that, go see your doctor. That's exactly what I did. I went, my wife had actually set up an appointment for something else. And I went in, I said, yeah, I don't really, I'm not really that worried about that, but let me tell you about some issues I've been having. And, you know, we talked and he started me on a low dose uh, medication and he asked me about three months later if I want to try and lean off of it or not. And I said, no, I love it. It makes me feel 
like me and that's what I wanted to feel like. He said, then we'll keep you on. So, you know, do away with stigmatism, take care of your mental health as much as your physical health. So that's my public service announcement for this show. But that being said, you know, uh, I look at somebody like, you know, Clint McKay, who, you know, just got that dorky adorableness and very green, but I think she could, you know, kind of fit in some of that Kylie Ray mode, not necessarily as the wrestler, but as, you know, just kind of that zany character. Uh, Mandy Leon, uh, they had several people in their tournament that I think that, you know, could fit. The NWA wants to, Mickey James wants to do a women's wrestling show. I think they can look at ROH talent. I don't think that's a, it's, it's, it's not impact talent, but I think it's a good place to, you know, look and sit there and go, hey, and bring back the free babes because everybody loved them and you guys were idiots for not booking them for more than a day. So that's, that's my second public service announcement. So okay. tag, tag, tag me in. Can I, let me chat you guys up on this. So a uh, couple of things that I've been thinking about over the last few weeks, uh, actually not last few weeks, last few days, because this was just announced, uh, what, two days ago, a day ago. Um, one, one point is, uh, you know, if you guys know your pal, Jay, I'm a Dave Marquez guy, have been for quite some time. Uh, his post uh, recently to all friends and associates who were affected by the Ring of Honor decision today. Please know that you're welcome anytime with me. I don't have Sinclair money, but I have plenty of work. So take care and keep in touch. I think that was great for two reasons, because one, um, I know for for a fact, well, I know for second hand, a guy like Mike Bennett was waiting for something to happen last year when he was released from the WWE. It was the, the money he made in wrestling last year came directly from his work with the United Wrestling Network, whether it be the primetime live episodes. Uh, well, I guess that's where he was featured predominantly. Um, and since then, Mike Bennett, although contractually obligated to Ring of Honor up until recently, uh, had made appearances for the United Wrestling Network in Championship Wrestling from Atlanta, as well as primetime live pay-per-view in the finals. The thing that's going on uh, in the world of wrestling is, no, there is two big, really big wrestling promotions, maybe three if you count Impact in the United States. But there's also a bevy of indie promotions that are starting to grow. We're talking about promotions like Game Changer Wrestling. Despite what you think about that promotion as a whole, between the the, the big gay brunch with Effie or the Joey Janela's uh, spring break, or Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, these shows are starting to get garner interest and, and game changer wrestling uh, with that feud with Nick Gage and, and Zack Ryder really kind of brought some attention to that promotion. That promotion is now starting a Los Angeles affiliate as well as they recently did their Bloodsport shows out here in Southern California. They're going to need bodies. And like I said, Bandito's already signed on for some of these matches. Besides besides Game Changer Wrestling, then there's New Japan Strong. New Japan Strong is using some of these guys like Brody King, Tyler Bateman, Chris Dickinson, uh, Filthy Tom Lawler. These guys are now part of that New Japan Strong show. Um, and those guys came from elsewhere. And, and those shows are happening more and more. They're not just doing one, one-offs here, one-offs there. They're literally touring. Um, 
I'm going to be at a New Japan Strong show on November the 14th. Uh, and uh, excuse me, November the 15th. And it just shows that these promotions are starting to come back up. And again, with a, when you talk about the United Wrestling Network, they have three different areas that they're taping for. And then they technically do the, the weekly pay-per-views, or excuse me, the monthly pay-per-views with uh, Fight TV, where they're bringing in talents from AEW, where they're bringing in talents from across the country. And then, and then promotions like Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, who's always been kind of like a all-star hope for rest, uh, good independent talent. Like now they have less uh, uh, ambiguities, less contracts to hurdles to jump over to bring in some of these talents who've been, you know, working for Ring of Honor. So in some ways, this might be very, very good for independent wrestling. I think I don't remember who said it. Uh, it just might not be very good for for the wrestlers themselves in the interim. But, you know, being able to work more dates uh, and knowing their own value and not working for handshakes and hot dogs certainly can put them in a position where they can be probably uh, doing better business for themselves by working those independent dates. And Kevin, what do you think about that? No, I agree. I, I think it, 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 this is just the nature of business. I think if we just step out of the wrestling side of it and just thinking about business, I mean, businesses shut down uh, and start up every day. Um, independent wrestlings are is much more like your mom and pop business and it's always nice to see you know them benefit from uh you know from situations like this uh people always will land the good ones will land somewhere you know um it again i i i i've been talking about this for a while in terms of just aew and the way that things have been kind of trending with them and, uh, you know, you're going to hear a lot of like 10, 15 years from now, you're going to hear a lot of people being like, we could have been the next, we could have been AEW. That could have been us. Uh, just like they would, they, all the old territory wrestling guys say, oh yeah, well, we could have been WWE if we did this or that. And you're going to hear a lot of that. But th- what we're looking at is, is really and truly the effects of uh, a once in a lifetime event in terms of the pandemic. Um, and really be, like DK said, the after effects of, of that is one area. The other area is that Ring of Honor really hasn't been that great for, for, for a little while. Uh, they've been all right, but they haven't been that great. And I think you're also, you know, they're also hurting a little bit, not from a couple of things. It's just a, it's a, it's a, double, it's a double thing. But here's the other thing, just, just throwing it out there. Ring of Honor is not shutting down. No. And that's like, the thing. They, they're not they're not hanging it up. And I think in a way, um, it's they're they're doing this to, they're they're making this move so that the company itself can survive and and maybe thrive in the future. And remember, we all know how Ring of Honor didn't start out giving wrestlers contracts. Ring of Honor started out with a very pure concept of of just putting good wrestling together. When you look at a place like Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, you see that same model there. Um, And so, again, I I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing um, because they're doing what they've got to do to survive. They're they're putting the brand first. And uh, I think that that's just that's just the nature of the way things go. And and I think uh, I'd like to make I'd like to think that they'll they'll land on their feet and you know, this will actually work out best for them as well. So I think hopefully it works out great for everybody involved. There's always casualties in these situations, but 
um, we all know that that if you're good and if you're you're determined, uh, you'll land on your feet somewhere. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of the same people wrestling for Ring of Honor that are currently wrestling for Ring of Honor. Uh, like Kevin said, he goes about the contracts. ROH started out with basically the champions had contracts, and the idea was don't go to you know don't go to a big promotion and and uh, leave me stranded for a champion. Yeah. And so that, you know, I think I think when NXT, when WWE started picking up so many indie people and stuff like that, you know, then the counter is, oh, well, we'll offer you a contract. You know, so... Don't go to WWE. Don't go to TNA. You know, you know, we'll give you a contract and guarantee you money here. And yeah, DK so, might have picked up on that. That's a good pickup, there, GK. So, and I'll, I'll let you expand on it, Jaden, because that's really all I have to say. That is a good pickup because right now the WWNXT, uh, they're not using a lot of these indie guys that are big that they were pushing so maybe soon they're going to be released maybe that's the next cost-cutting measure that the wwe sells out to uh nbc or or uh fox or disney or whatever they end up selling for that brings a lot of extra wrestlers aaw can't sign them all no. impact wrestling can't sign them all nope. and now that the, the ring of honor is not even signing them maybe they can start using some of those um those indie darlings that are coming back to the indies start working for spot shows and TV tapings for the Ring of Honor. Maybe we'll start seeing some of those guys trickle back down and rebuild Ring of Honor up. I mean, Ring of Honor was best when it had a lot of great wrestlers that were from all different places, just kind of doing their thing. And, and they've seen actual drill dream matches. There's no real dream matches in, in Ring of Honor anymore because everybody's under contract and they've done it all. Now right. you might see matches that you weren't going to see before using wrestlers from the WWE and maybe they'll let some of the AEW guys go. They get tired of not being featured and not putting on TV. Maybe some guys from Impact will, you know, look to do something else. So that actually might be a good thing in the long run. Yeah, I mean, like a, a guy like Brian Cage is not happy with where he is standing currently on the AEW roster. Could you imagine where, you know, there, there might even be a bidding war when he uh, gets out of his deal with AEW if that happens. But, you know, guys, we're, we're, I don't think you'll see Brian uh, Cage in WWE just to throw it up. Yeah, I don't think so either. Hey, we're, we're, we're up against it. We've got about eight minutes to the hour. That would be two hours, which is too long for any podcast. So I think we're going to wrap it up here. But thank you for joining us for this conversation about Ring of Honor and, and some expectations that uh, the Alliance guys have. And, and hopefully uh, you guys have similar expectations and maybe we'll see some interesting things come to fruition with all of this. Um, Jaden, I know that uh, your guy, Dr. Lawrence Traconium, is putting this event on Saturday, October 30th in Glassboro. You want to throw out one more cheap plug before we go? Yes, this Saturday night, which is still not tomorrow, at the Max Fit Sports Center, located at 240 Delcy Drive South in beautiful uptown Glassboro, New Jersey, Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators returns to the Max Fit to bring Glassboro's only wrestling promotion 
back to the glory days in South Jersey's number one wrestling promotion, back to the gloriness of all old school professional wrestling, and you get to see it live. Only $15. The main event is Ray Jazz defending the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators Heavyweight Championship against former champion Dirty Money. You got a sub-main event as the WWGP champion. Chris Steeler defends against the big bad Kaiju himself, O'Shea Edwards. There's going to be nine matches, which is a little long for a dog card, so hopefully it doesn't become a... Uh, big marathon taping like mlw does but you get to see that for 15 dollars. you could buy the entire chair but you're only going to need the edge of the seat that's for sure <laughs> kevin you used to work uh or you have worked for dangerous adrenaline wrestling gladiators uh if folks want to follow you on the socials or, or see some of your old matches how can they do that um, yeah, you could uh, you could actually see my dog match on YouTube if you were to Google Kevin Douglas versus Sebastian Cruz. Uh, There's also a heck of a promo that I did for them uh, as well. My wife absolutely loves it. Um, so yeah, you can definitely go onto YouTube and, and uh, check out some of my matches. If you wanted to just Google uh, Kevin Douglas Wrestling, or you could go to my channel at Kevin Douglas Two Four Seven. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, it's uh, Kevin Lee Frazier, just like on the on the screen, L-E-E. Um, you know, I'm not huge on social media these days. I mean, I do more retweeting for a show uh, than anything. But, uh, you know, again, I do interact and I, I do uh, respond to comments and messages. So I uh, would love to hear from some, some of you guys. How about you, DK? How can they follow you on the socials? Uh, Twitter, at DKMFWTX. Uh, you can watch me retweet and occasionally talk about all combat sports, politics included. That might be the biggest combat sport is politics. Um, of course, you can follow me at the Alliance blog on all social medias. We have hats like this for sale. We have, oh, the phone just died. Camera just died. Awesome. That's the best you've ever really? looked, Jay. <laughs> Fair enough. Camera um, never dies on this show. Two hours, guys. Come on, give me some credit. That I mean, that was pretty good. That was I go two hours well, all the time, DJ. I don't know why you have a problem going two hours. I do it all the time. It was perfect. Yeah, right. It was perfect timing, Jay, because it was just that you were plugging your stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, things happen, but that's why we have backups, and uh, hopefully that works. You guys get to see the the backside of the the uh, studio there. But um, anyways, so um, you can check out. The alliance-wrestling.com t-shirts we've got hats also available on our website uh, just check out the merch section on the website of course we're also doing a giveaway where you can win a crown version of the nwa world championship the title that was uh defended from 1959 to 1973 and that title will be uh given to one lucky subscriber once we hit 1,000 subscribers, and we're getting awfully close. We're at 768 at the time of uh, this podcast. So uh, make sure you guys uh, get back into it. Oh, whoa. Did you steal that from NWA Gold? Heck no. I have my sources. All right. That's the belt you could win if you uh, if you are so lucky. You could win that championship belt. And uh, again, um, once we hit 1,000, uh, that will be when we do the giveaway. We'll also give away some t-shirts, merchandise. And it's not just limited to um, North America. That uh, contest is for worldwide. So, again, you want to get in on that. And then uh, 
I guess that's going to do it. You can join us again on Tuesday for the pre-party. We'll be back here Thursday night. Until next time, guys, did I miss something? No? Then we'll see you at the matches. Good night now. Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at the Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at the Alliance Blog. Remember... Absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.